Do you listen to all the experts on podcasts and think, no wonder they're experts. They're awesome. They're smart. They're... Stop right there. You're awesome. You have a story to tell, and there really is no one like you. Fellow normal humans, Dahlia Ramahi and Jordan Dreyer share what they've learned in hopes of inspiring you to find your unique voice. This is the Blooming Voices Podcast. Go to bloomingvoices.com for more information. Now let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blooming Voices Podcast. I'm Dahlia Ramahi. And I'm Jordan Dreyer. It's nice to imagine you all out there. Thank you. Yes, thank you for tuning in. We're so excited. Um, Today we're going to talk about race, diversity, and we're excited to have you on board. Please make sure you like, subscribe so that you're always kept in the loop whenever new episodes are posted. And let's get started. Give us a rating on whatever service you listen to us to. Yes, a beautifully high rating because we know you love this content. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, okay so, let's get started. Um, so I wanted to bring to Dahlia a term. Apparently, it's older than I than I thought, but so I only saw this term for the very first time last week. I was on Facebook and people, somebody was creating a new casting roster. It said they were casting voices of global diversity. Global majority. Go, sorry, global majority. Yeah, voices of yeah. global majority. Yeah. And like... Okay, so we already sort of talked about this, but I'm going to try to recap. When I first saw this, okay, so like you can whatever, like get mad at me, whatever. But like when I saw this, I I felt sort of mad because I was like, yes, of course, it makes sense. Like everybody of color, everybody of a different language, of a different, I don't know, religion, they are the majority compared to Mm -hmm. white people. But for some reason, this seemed like singling out white people even more than ever. I don't know, like people of color that obviously was different and now I guess this is a bad term now kind of like somebody told me woke is a bad term now I don't know why but like no, labels woke keep is changing only bad in right-wing circles because um they don't like that people actually think for themselves which is ironic because they think they are but they're following propaganda so oh. but in terms of, that's where I where I stand on the term woke woke is not a bad term it's just used Good. by right-wing um radicals who are anti-science and anti-education because they believe in conspiracy theories and ironically they think they're woke but anyway let's let's not divert yeah like, yeah, yeah take a tangent on that <laughs> but topic. so yeah I, I mean like that forever but um, I just wanted to bring but, it to Dahlia because I know she's someone I can trust we can talk about this and yeah, like, and yes, I, I, I am, I am white, even if I belong, <laughs> I belong to a minority religion. And there's a whole other debate on whether Jews are white enough because like the, the people that will do those birth, like the 23andMe things they want to that prove is how white they are. If they get like 1% Jewish, then they're like, oh, I'm not white. But so anyway, we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, and I think that's different because because there's a lot of um, Jewish people who are of European lineage, yeah. and so they're white. But then there's a lot of Jews who are from the Middle East, and they're not mm-hmm. white. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think like uh, conflating uh, religion um, and ethnicity and race are are is can be really confusing. But what Jordan brings up is the term people of global majority. And if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that I am an Arab American, a Middle Eastern, and I'm Muslim. Jordan is white American, and she just converted to Judaism. So we have different backgrounds, but we are so similar in a lot of ways, and that's what brought us together on this podcast. People of global majority is a term that I've been familiar with for over a year now, or maybe about a year now. And the reason this came up was because there's this new casting roster that includes people of global majority, non-white. 
And the term used to be, I think, the... I can't remember what it used to be called now. But it was basically indicating that, you know, what is the term that you always hear on news? BIPOC, Black and Indigenous People of Color. Oh, I never knew if that was an I or an L. Yeah. I only um, ever saw it spelled. Yeah, I think it was Black, Indigenous, Black and Indigenous People of Color. And so that term felt comfortable, people of color. But why did it feel comfortable? And why does the term global majority trigger Jordan in a way that makes her uncomfortable? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So why don't you tell us how exactly, I mean, you kind of alluded to it in the beginning, but what is it about the term that bothers you so much or offends you? And then I can respond to that. Yeah, just that because from my travels and from just knowing about human geography, of course, white people are not the majority. It only seems that way because, it, like, we live in America. And it, I don't know, for the for right now, because it's changing and it will be, people say by 2025 uh, differently even. But in this country and, like, in England or whatever, white people are the majority. But if you look at the entire globe, no, they're not. Yeah. Like, Africa, Asia... Whatever, there's like billions of people in China and India alone. Yeah, and so that's why they have the term people of global majority. But yeah, why does but it specifically bother you? I don't know, because it just felt like it was single. Like, because uh, I, I, I saw the new Spider-Man movie too recently. And, and at the end, like, Electro, who's played by Jamie Foxx, uh, he was like, oh, I expected you to be black because you help so many people. Oh, well. Or something like that. And so that kind of made me mad, too. It's like another dig at white people. Like, we're not allowed to be helpful. We're only bad now, apparently, and, like, shown in the... And I know, like, yeah, this this is the over, like, the over-Karen reaction or whatever. I, I assure you that I am tolerant and whatever. And if you've listened before, you'll know, like... But you don't have to justify yourself. We know, we know, like, and people who listen to our podcast know that the journey we you and I have been on... And like tolerance, acceptance and uh, inclusion is a big part of how we live our life. But that being said, what you're experiencing is a change in the status quo. And especially as a voice actress, that can be a little unnerving, a little unsettling, right? I don't know, because I don't get that many roles anyway. So <laughs> like, I don't really care about that because I know that there is a there is a move towards, well, the character looks Indian, so we must cast an Indian person. And I'm fine with that. Like, I never would have auditioned for them in the first place. But like some people would have. And like some people are mad about that, I know. Yeah, and that's and that's why this casting a roster is so important for people that are non-white because representation is starting to matter. And I'm one of those people that I support that move, you know. Um, and it's not an anti-white sentiment. What it is is true to what the characters represent, because you know we talked about this um, offline. But you know, if you have a very capable white actress, a voice actress, and a very capable Arab-American actress or whatever, and the role is for an Arab woman, you know, who's going to be able to display the nuances more in that if they're equally good actors, you know? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be the white woman living her white experience or the Arab woman living her Arab experience? And so, you know, unfortunately in the past, white actors were always cast and they're still being cast in a lot of roles that aren't don't necessarily fit the specs that they are you know so it's not like they're taking away jobs but what it is is why not offer more realism and more truth by casting the character and the actor of the same background i did think about because there was a movie it's somewhat recent i um i don't know what the title of it is it was like took place in hawaii and um emma stone is that her name emma stone um she which, was which emma 
the one that the one with um, the raspy voice yeah and like reddish yeah. hair like <laughs> she was pl- she was apparently playing a like i think vietnamese american and and like in the movie they justified it by saying like oh i just take after my whatever the white relatives the mom or the dad i just take after the mom more and i thought that was really dumb like cuz i never actually saw that movie I only saw it trailers and i read about it but so yeah that of course is really stupid that like exactly don't... and so if you think that is stupid in a time where we're all more hyper aware that's the reason for castings like this for a roster like this yeah it's and i give... that i like i can get behind and and like i listened to another like Anne Ganguza's VO Boss podcast on a few episodes in September or August last year she had like a series with Keisha i forget her last name but then they did one that was like an hour long with four black voice actors and they mentioned this idea so and we talked about this offline but like there's this idea that in anime casting that white is the standard and people get all up in arms when like recently there's a new anime that a black lady got cast and like stupid fans like oh blah 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 you can't do that and not just fans people in the industry there's like the trolls come out because it's challenging the status quo so i think where where this is and i didn't mean to cut you off but i just wanted to say about that the idea of you know offending white people with the term global majority so Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't mean this in a rude way but so what if it offends you white people have defined minorities and people of color and I'm using quotes there as any way they've wanted to and we've adopted those terms because that's what the status quo demanded of us but now that those terms are changing and we're deciding what we call ourselves it bothers white people and it even bothers you a little bit but I see that as the status quo being challenged and the illusion of being the white majority in control that, that fear of giving up a little bit of control and I'm not trying to psychoanalyze, psychoanalyze you specifically yeah. but like if we're looking at the broader picture that's what it's about is that you like white people held the narrative about what minorities were going to be called and what they were allowed access to for so long and now that the landscape is changing and especially with Hollywood and inter- in entertainment and media that that's changing that casting wants to be true true to representation yeah. and if the character calls for a middle easterner um, an african person a chinese person that they cast people that are true to that um, ethnicity or race so i'm all for it <laughs> yeah that's true it's it makes me think though how far will it go in a way like if like let's say the writers uh, if if you're having a writing staff and you choose to have, uh, like I'm thinking of BoJack Horseman, if you choose to have a Vietnamese American, like does that mean only like a Vietnamese American can write her lines, or can you have like some other ethnicity writing her lines? But so this is the what if thinking that I feel like a lot of white people tend to trap themselves into because they're letting fear and they're letting the what if fears block them from seeing the potential for growth and equality and equanimity in in entertainment and in casting because again you're making this about you you know what i'm saying no so like i want to know specifically but but how how big should the writing team be basically but why does that matter because Uh, because a white person is going to get in trouble for writing uh white lines or i mean vietnamese american lines now apparently and like this kind of thing but who says that? I mean, so again, you can't use anecdotal evidence as uh, as uh, a determination of what's going to happen in the future. You know, that's why it's anec- anecdotal evidence, you know. Um, for decades, white people decided 
what the what roles would look like, how they were shaped for minorities, for Native Americans, for black people, for people of color. Again, I use that quote and that term in quotes because those that emphasized those kind of that was that was their own power moves. You but know? yeah, so like we know that's wrong. So in a way, like how big should the writing staff be, basically? If you're I don't have, have the answer to that, Jordan, because I don't know anything about how the writing world works in that sense. You know what I mean? All I know is that you can have a collaborative environment and not single a, a person out by making them feel inferior. And so the term people of color was always meant as an inferior term to make sure that minorities remembered they were other, that white people were the majority, they were the ones that decided, and people of color was something that was like a bone that they would throw to them when they needed a person of color. Mm-hmm. And so people of global majority is an empowering term. It's not meant to take away from anybody. It's meant to empower people of global majority yeah. that know non-white people in America have their own voice, have their own say, and they can decide for themselves how they want to portray those characterizations. Does uh-huh. that make sense? Well, yeah. So anyway, um, I think that's kind of the idea behind people of global majority. It's not... It's not meant to vilify the whiteness of white people. It's meant to empower the otherness that white people have defined in minorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like how it makes me think of casting in general, how it's like it's not a rejection. It's it's just they chose somebody else. Like it's not about you. It's about the other person. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you and I were talking about this offline, but, you know, when we talk about the status quo, you know, there's still so many roles that go to white people. I, I understand the fear of the future, but it's almost like the fear of AI. You know, AI is not where it, where people think it is now. Yeah, it might go down that route. And, you know, things are changing. But sometimes change works for one group of people and it doesn't for another. Yeah. And that's okay. We all have to navigate that change in our own ways. But getting offended and angry over it isn't going to improve your situation. Mm-hmm. What it risks doing is uh, radicalizing a person or or entrenching them in hate and bitterness or um, these negative emotions where all it does is divide people into really you and other. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know. That's what's most annoying yeah. when people, or especially like demagogues that do that on purpose making people what divided like divide people they're the ones that took your jobs they're the ones like that kind of stuff exactly so i mean and and you know you bring up an, an interesting point about that because like for example you know when we're talking about entertainment and media you know there has clearly been one group of people who have decided everything and uh when that's being challenged you see this otherness, this otherism, whatever the definition is, start to like really come out and bring out the the negativity where people want to divide. But it's not meant, in my opinion, it's not meant to divide people. It's just meant to empower them. Mm-hmm. So by challenging the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to think about, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, to wrap it up, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I would I would love to hear what your thoughts are on the term people of global majority 
and how that impacts you. Does it impact you in a positive way, in a negative way? Do you feel empowered or disempowered by it and why? I would encourage you and invite you to ask yourself, why is it that term makes you feel a certain way, whether good or bad, okay? So, I mean, I don't know. What are your takeaways, Jordan? I mean, I was just going to say, like, it could be coming from that that place of privilege. It's more of, yes, okay, so white privilege gets thrown around a lot these days. Mostly it is oh, yeah, the awareness, we that, yeah. the mm-hmm. awareness of it that is important, like, to be aware. Like, not to say, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't do this now because I'm white and I, I need to leave that to someone else. It, like, no, don't, you don't have to make your life horrible because you're white. Like, it's just being aware that, oh, wait a minute, like, I got a house, I'm lucky, but I don't know, like, maybe my friend I don't know where I'm going with this but like the awareness is important and I agree like, the the idea of white privilege isn't something white people think about and it's not meant to be something that is a negative against you but the reality is there are there are mechanisms created and set in place in our system and in our society that make it a lot a lot easier for white people to achieve something that non-white people can't well, and so, whether yeah. we're talking about a home loan or even in acting yeah you so know, like maybe if you're going to put someone down be like well they just didn't work hard enough it's like no that's not the answer and that kind yeah, of thing because that's all part of white privilege and the and the same thing applies for voice acting and what we're talking about with the people of global majority voice casting is that there was you know and it's and again i'm not knocking you but if it if you take it that way oh, oh well and i'm not talking about you jordan i'm just saying like to any listener the idea of white privilege that your whiteness got you through the door on casting calls without you even realizing it. Your whiteness got you parts without you even realizing it. And now that that status quo is being challenged, there are a lot of white people who don't like it because it directly impacts them and they feel like they've lost a little bit of control over what was an automatic process that they never had to think about. But it's something that minorities have always had to deal with. There's always been a bar that we had to reach to a standard that was a little out of our reach that we had to claw our way up to where the white privilege maybe you didn't experience that so white privilege is just something to be aware of that yes it exists in every part of our society and it looks a little bit different and it's not to say white people are evil for having that privilege but just that it's something that you made your life easier that non-white people didn't get to experience to be aware of so that Mm -hmm. like my takeaway first of all my takeaway is that if you ever need to talk about anything you can always email Dahlia <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and you can you can talk to her about most things pretty much anything in life not just what we're Aww, talking about well, today I appreciate that thank you and I'm always happy to listen but <laughs> yes and we are, we are always accepting comments and concerns just as she said asking for anything if what, what you want to say what bring it to us we have twitter we have instagram we have email yes um, and a website bloomingvoices.com my friends please check us out subscribe follow like us engage with us on social media we want to hear your voices yes and i don't know yeah think about it why like for me now that i see it in this perspective okay this is more the other it has nothing to do just like anything in life really like like this per- your your roommate left a cup on the counter and you're like they hate me they they don't want to yeah. clean up their stuff because it's it's on purpose but no it's like cuz they literally just forgot it or something dude we can make anything personal that we want to you can take a stranger giving you a side eye as an indication that he hates your guts if you wanted to 
yeah, I mean, when, we can make anything in this world personal, or we can take it as non-personal and non-judgmental as possible. Yeah, maybe it's his eyes are just stuck like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or maybe this is what happens to me. I'm a very visual thinker, and so sometimes I replay conversations I have in my head, and I wish I said something differently. And sometimes in my own fantasy, my conversation gets heated, so that might result in me cursing out loud or rolling my <laughs> eyes. And if the wrong person saw me, they think I was rolling their eyes at them. But no, that was yeah. just me being so animated living inside my head having my own um yeah scenario whatever going on but it has nothing to do with anyone around me it's literally just in my own mind I know know? I do that I've done that too where I'm remembering (laughs) things that make me want to like grit my teeth I can't believe he did that to me but yeah it's like not maybe this person like pushes me or something and I'm not thinking about it but now they'll think I'm gritting my teeth at them and Exactly. Oh my gosh. What's really quickly? I know this is a side thing, but I was in line. This is before COVID. I was in the pharmacy line and I remember I had this, uh, I was thinking about something that angered me and all it did was serve to anger me even more because I was remembering that. And at the end, I made this sound. I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? As, (laughs) as a person approached and, and the person looked at me and gave me the dirtiest look. And at that moment, I'm like, Oh my God, I just realized what happened. They came close to me and they probably thought I was making that sound to them, but I was reliving something going on yeah. in my head. And at that moment, I made a sound because I was so annoyed with myself. So you get, so we can take whatever we want, personal or non personal, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we need diverse casting rosters. We need people mm-hmm. to be in roles that uh, actually look like that person or have that experience. It's true. Like, diversity and representation matters. And, I am all for that. But yeah, yeah, for me, me too. I just need to get over certain things, I guess, like whenever I, yeah, but like this has helped me a lot. So thank you. Awesome. Yay. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jordan, for bringing this topic up. I think it was really important. And uh, I love you guys. I love yes. everybody. Have a good we, we, day. We're doing this. Yes. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. That's our show. Didn't get enough of the twins? Go to bloomingvoices.com for more information. And let us know what you thought of the episode. Twitter, Instagram, email, we've got the works. We'll see you next Wednesday.